What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. It's Rachel Silver Cohen and Dr. Boca. We're ditching the couch. We're grabbing the mics. We're breaking down all the wreckage on another episode of Unpolished Therapy. Good morning, Dr. Boca. How are we today? We are doing great, Rach. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, it's hump day. My favorite time to be here. I love when it's hump day. It's like I have such an optimistic view of the rest of the week. It's going to go great and it's going to be over soon. And I just get excited by not only that I get to hang out with you, but that it's already Wednesday in the week. Thank you. And speaking of optimistic and getting excited, I have like one little gripe though, because here's something that I get optimistic and excited about. I don't know if this is like a new thing or I know I always say that I'm late to the party on a lot of things, but I get optimistic and excited when I go to a restaurant and I'm going to be waited on, right? Because Mm -hmm. as we all know, we've said it a million times and everyone's got their own thing. But like a lot of times I feel that I'm just the housekeeper, the slave, the cook, the driver, the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I like to be treated. I like someone to kind of pamper me a little bit. And e- even if the pampering is like I'm sitting at a restaurant and some stranger is going to come over to the table with a notepad and a pen and say, hey, can I take your order? Right? Sure, of course. You don't have to cook that night. It's wonderful. Okay, except am I the only person who didn't get the memo that apparently the new thing is like there's all these hybrid restaurants now. Like I go in and sit down and then they're like, oh, no, no, no. You have to go up to the counter and you have to order yourself but we'll bring it to you. So I'm like, well, no, I'm like sitting already. We're halfway there in the amount of time it took you to explain to me how the procedure works. Can I just tell you what I want? Like, what do I have to get up and I have to like order it myself? Yeah, you have to order it yourself and then you have to get your own silverware and then, oh, here's a cup. You got to get your own drink. I'm like, am I the waitress or are you the waitress? And I have a little bit of a problem with that. I 100% agree. And I do believe and I feel like that's becoming more of the norm of like the middle line restaurants around at least where we reside, right? The high-end restaurants are still the the high-end restaurants. And so I would say to you, go to the high-end restaurant, Rach, because the middle of the line restaurant right now is a lot of those bowl places. It's a lot of like the salad places, the burger places, they're and they're coming at you and telling you, oh, no, you got to come up. And then even worse than that, I can't stand when you go to like a real place where it is a sit down restaurant and you are sitting and you're talking to your friend and you're having the most lovely time and you're eating. And then you have to get up to pay at the end. Like they can't take your credit card. And I'm just like, why? And then I have to stand up there and my guest is still sitting at the table. It is so annoying to me. So I feel your pain. I get it. And I'm just going to say to you, we just have to go to high-end restaurants. We have to class it up a little bit and we have to enjoy being served with people who actually get our orders correct and bring the food to our table and oh, then please, give us that's our a whole. I mean, listen, I get it. And at the high end, I'm all for that too. I, but that is not to say that they even get your order right because that's been going on since the day is long. But you're right. Now that you bring up the restaurants that do serve you full service, now you're waiting 
and they've completely disappeared after the meal. And you're like, hello, like, do you want me to pay? Do you not want me to pay? Are you on a lunch break? Did you clock out? Like, where are you? And then you look at them like, um, hello, like, could I get the bill? And then they look back at you like you have four eyes and they're totally. like, no, no, no. You Just what you said. You're like, no, no, you have to do that at the counter. And I'm like, why? Like, you're here. You're standing right here. Here's my car. Just run it. I know. It's annoying. And I have one more thing since we're talking about restaurants and the frustrations with restaurants. And I get it. I am a good tipper. I believe that our service people work very hard and are treated really shitty, particularly coming out of COVID. But I do have a problem when you go to those places, those hybrid places, as you're calling it, and you order... And it requires nothing of them to fix because there's people in the back that are fixing it, right? And they turn the computer screen. They're all high tech and they turn the iPad to you. I know what you're going to say. And then now they guilt you into the tipping situation. Yes, yes. I tip the people that deserve to be tipped. You want to put a jar there? I'll put in money. You want to give me a bill with a line that says tip? I'm happy to. But there is literally a restaurant that is a hybrid restaurant where you They've can, done nothing. <laughs> no, you can't go to the next screen to pay unless you put a tip in. I know. It is like there's not even an option to not put a tip. And it infuriates me. Like, I don't want to be coerced into giving the tip. I will happily give it. But when you're coercing me into it, that's when I'm kind of like, screw you. I'm not giving you something. But I can't get to the next screen and pay the damn bill because... I, who deserves the tip because I had well, to wait on Well, you prepared the whole order. meal yourself. You, exactly. I mean, they should be tipping us. It is crazy. Oh, now you got me all flustered about all of this. And I was like, so zen when we started this. I know. And just to kind of remind the listeners too, because I'm my own worst enemy. The reason I even brought this up is that you had said two words. You said optimistic and excited. And somehow <laughs> we went from optimistic to excited to completely unpolished because I'm sitting here bitching about that. I'm not being served the way I want to be served in restaurants. I didn't know that hybrid is a new thing. I was going out to lunch because I just wanted to sit there, take a deep breath, have some Someone come over to me, say, hey, how are you? How's your day? What can I get you to drink? And the next thing I know, I'm asking them how they are because I'm assuming they're not great because no one's coming to take my order only to be told that I have to do the order all by myself. And in that case, I should never have left the house and I should have just made myself a salad in my own kitchen. And then I wouldn't have had to tip anyone. Exactly. Exactly. That was well said, right? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So let me ask you this though, because we are on this topic of restaurants. So we might as well just run with the ball. The other thing that I have a little bit of an issue with, with restaurants, Dr. Boca, and I'm sure you could name three right off the bat. I have three in my head and maybe we'll see if we have ESP together, unpolished ESP. But how about when you go to a restaurant, it might rhyme with Shmeni Mana, <laughs> or a coffee place that might rhyme with Barnox. <laughs> okay. And then you come home and you have to basically disrobe all your clothes because you reek you st- and you smell yep. mm-hmm. of the Benihana. Okay. That wasn't like, you know, like a, like a big Mensa question there. Okay. Benihana, everyone. <laughs> I figured it um, out. I figured it okay. out. And even Starbucks. I go to Starbucks and then I have that like burnt coffee smell in my hair, on my sweatshirt, in my pocketbook. And I kind of take issue with that. On top of it, it reminds me, I remember remember the year, you know, being in New York City and whatnot. Like, mm-hmm. let's say you work in a store that abuts to the deli or whatnot. Oh, and yeah. now everything disseminates through. <laughs> it like, goes to the, the air vents. vents. Right. It's like, and it, like, 
the bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. <laughs> totally. <laughs> right. It's like when I used to go to Abercrombie in the mall and they used to put like the cologne and it used to infiltrate through the air system and you would literally be engulfed by it and leave and reek of the cologne when you left. I totally get it. It's the worst. The worst. And you know, smells, it's like, oh, smell you later. Smells can be so great. And I love smells so much. But bad smells, the way I feel about bad smells is just as strong as the way I feel about good smells. Yes, absolutely. And good smells, they take us back. They transcend time. And they take us back to those beautiful moments. Like I can give you an example of coffee. I was never, ever, ever a coffee drinker, ever, until I got into... until Actually, until I got pregnant. But that's a whole nother story. I had never had a cup of coffee. But if I could tell you that every weekend morning... When I was a kid, I would smell my dad making coffee and I just loved, loved, loved the smell. So when I smell coffee, I think of that. Same with some of the things that my mom would cook that had like cinnamon in it. I could like remember the oven and I could think back to being, you know, in my childhood home and knowing that something good was coming out of the oven and it just made me happy. There's a lot of those types of smells or colognes from guys that I used to date. It will like transcend me back. I don't know if that's the right word, but it will take me back to really good times or really bad times, but usually really good times with those people. And it's just a matter of smell walking on the street and somebody passes you and it can take you back there. Those are good smells. The bad ones though, oh my God. And I can give you a list of them. And I'm sure some of them are going to be on your list because when you've had a bad smell, it is like you remember it till the end of time. It is so gross. And you like almost get that. I mean, there are literally some smells like a garbage smell that makes me want to literally vomit. Like I have a visceral vomit reaction to it and I dry heave. Yeah, me too. Except when you were saying like garbage smell and I, to the listeners out there, I want to just take you back and just kind of close your eyes and think about this because I have a specific, vivid garbage smell that if I close my eyes and think about, it's a combination of garbage and like milk on like a hot day that's like repulsively nauseating. But shout out to all of my Camp Pinecliff girls because it reminds me of the back of the kitchen at camp. Oh, I know. You know that? Yes, I know that. Oh my God. For some reason. right? As nauseating as it is, it's like, oh my God, that's camp. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And that's kind of cool in a repulsive, nauseating, unpolished way. Totally. Now, camp, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on smells of camp that are amazing, that bring you back, that you just want to smell the pine trees and Mm -hmm. the rain and the cold mornings or the hot, hot days or the mildew on the wet towels over the rafters that no one ever watched. Or the infirmary or the shower. Oh, yes. And even the the bunk is still kind of, oh, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, like I'm nostalgic right now. Yeah. And like when the fire burns from the rope yes. burning and you and can... the smell. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or being at a campfire and like depending on which way the wind blows. Yeah. Sometimes the smell of the campfire and that smokiness when it like mm. that birch bark burns is amazing. And then just if you're in the wrong spot with the way the wind blows, all of a sudden your eyes start tearing yep. and like you're burning up and now you're coughing and it's now in your throat and there's that smell. And even bug spray. 
I mean, mm-hmm. think about it, like bug spray. And you're like, oh, that is grotesque. And then, oh my God, I miss my yeah. bug spray from camp. We have to do an episode on camp. Like the yeah, best, will, best, best sure. memories ever. For sure. For sure. But yes. And then when you were talking about the boyfriends, of course, I mean, you guys, if we sit here and talk about smells, of co- and, and let's not exclude the men out there. I'm sure there's women that you guys out there have dated or pined after who smelled amazing. And if you were to smell that scent peruse through when you least expect it, it's going to bring you right back to that moment. And we all have those moments. I had a boss a million years ago who had the best cologne ever, the best. I mean, now, granted, these were the days way before Say No and Me Too and all that. And I was just like, <laughs> mm, come over here. I just want to like, how you smell so good. What are you wearing? Right. Well, I- I have to be honest with you, Rach. That's how I feel when I smell you. For all of our listeners, if you've ever been in a room with Rachel, I am telling you, she like puts together a concoction of scents that literally I've been in the room and I've noticed it and commented, but three or four other people are like, oh my God, like they just want to get up to her and smell her. And I'm not being dramatic. This is literally anyone who knows Rachel knows exactly what I'm talking about and just went back in time for a second because they know exactly what I mean by that. Well, Lori, thank you. And you know what? I don't want to sound like presumptuous, but it kind of is true. And I have been complimented on what I smell like for as long as I can remember to the point where I am presumptuous enough that when I walk in somewhere and someone says like, oh, it smells so good in here. Who is that? I'm like, oh, I'm sure it's me. (laughs) And people sometimes look at me like, who is that? And I'm like, no, 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 it's me. And guess what? It It is. is. (laughs) It totally is. I'm not going to deny you that. And I remember when I was in middle or high school, the body shop used to have a vanilla oil that was a scent. And I love the smell of vanilla. And I used to wear it, but it was like not diluted. And people would be like, who's baking a cake? And I'd be like, oh, that's me. And they're like, oh my God, you smell so good. I'm like, I know. And you do, you get presumptuous because so many people commented on it, but your scent, like bar none is so much better than vanilla and bar none is better than any other concoction I've smelled bar none. No, I mean, again, not to be presumptuous, but like, I get that a lot. (laughs) I do. And I will tell you said something about high school and that triggered me because the smells from high school. And then we also talked about camp too. I'm going to segue that in. I remember specifically like the camp days and perfume, let's say. And again, Mm -hmm. to the listeners out there, I, we may be kind of pigeonholing ourselves here relative to like the age bracket, but my camp slash tween teen years were like Issa Tease and Anissa Nice, right? (laughs) Those kind of smells, okay? And then as I got a little bit older, college, it was more like Mackie. Remember Mm, Bob Mackie? Yes, yes. It was Chloe, I think, was a scent that a lot of people wore. I'm trying to remember. When was like Aqua de Gio? Do you remember that one? And like, I don't know. And <laughs> Jakar, all the boys well, are sure, Okay, Jakar. so well, those were the men's scents. So it was Jakar right. and Paul Sebastian. That was, for me at least, more like high school Yeah, the, yep, the end of high school. Right? Middle, and yeah. maybe it, it turned into college. But then there was the musky, which I felt like more like sexy and like smelled like sex kind of, which that sex smell is is, oh. is a notable smell. That sandalwood, whatever those notes are, right? Mm-hmm. Those sexy, dirtier smells, but there's a real 
sex appeal to it. And that scent really takes over versus the more florals, the more vanilla-y, the more sweet, the more clean. There's a whole litany and it kind of just depends where you jump in on the timeline of scent. Absolutely. And as you're saying this, you know, it has a sex smell. I am like transported back to a literal sex smell. I mean, anybody, right? Any listener out there. Yeah, right. Any listener <laughs> in that's listening right now, I just said like the sex smell and everybody just went to those like the person that they've had like the repetitive sex with. Yes, yeah. like the dirty, sweaty, amazingly all day in the bed sex and you yeah. get up and you walk back and like you smell. And you smell like smell. that. And on that note though, don't you think that that is intertwined when you have just as you described that all day, sweaty, competitive, going out, it kind of sucks and that smell radiates. It then what's permeating too is the combination of both bodies and whatever potential scent you had coming into the sexcapade, right? (laughs) So there's a little bit of a twinge in the air of that, whether it was the musky, sexy scent or the vanilla-y, sweet, clean scent, now coupled with the sex scent, coupled with the fact that you just worked really hard, there is a little degree of like somewhat of maybe even like a body odor mixed in there too. (laughs) Totally. And get that's a smell, like the garbage smell. smell that you are like, awfully repulsed by and yet so drawn to and you're like oh my god that is the best smell and when you think about it it's like so gross but so okay so gross but i'm gonna do a truth serum moment okay Okay. how many of you out there okay and i'm and i'm already counting myself in because i'm now doing the truth serum if you ever like loved a partner right in our case you know men whatever but again i don't want to exclude the men men sure. has there been anyone out there you've been with women or whoever your partner is whatever there was a time where i was so crazy about said man okay mm-hmm. and to your point like the sweating and the disgusting and the this and that and they coupled it with outside smell which mm-hmm. that's a whole nother smell oh. that we'll get to in a minute yeah okay? No. Okay. outdoor smell is the most disgusting thing ever agreed except <laughs> when you are pining for a man who you absolutely are just infatuated with mixed in with whatever their body smell is mm-hmm. whether it be cologne or not which just to tie on another layer I love a man who wears sexy cologne, right? But you have to really like a guy, okay, who doesn't even wear cologne to still like what their body smell is, okay? So now, true serum moment, here I come. How about being outside in the sweaty, disgusting, hot, whatever, with the guy that you really like, okay? Now you're all sweaty, disgusting, whatever, Somehow the shirt comes off and you, okay, and we won't even say how old we are at this point because in this case, the older you are and the fact that this story even exists is probably even more embarrassing than if you were 12, 13, 14, 22, okay? Okay, you're scaring me, right? No, no, no. Then you have it and like you don't even want to wash it because you love what that smell is. Oh, yeah. When again, let's just remind the listeners, the smell is disgusting outdoor body odor stench (laughs) But you just are so infatuated that the smell, you just, you want to breathe it in because it's intoxicating. Oh my God. I like, I'm like smelling my hands right now. Nobody can see me doing this, but like, I know that smell. You know that smell? I know the smell. I know the smell. And look, you know, as a psychologist and in psychology, we really do focus on smells and how it is the most powerful sense no Mm -hmm. pun intended, sense Mm -hmm. that can elicit memory Mm. and how we can be driven to such positive memories or such negative, um, viscerally awful 
awful memories just by a smell. I mean, I have a few other smells that to me are like a little gross. Anybody who has like a teenage boy, I mean, that freaking hamper, I swear there's like sometimes animals growing in it. And you like, they put in like their wet clothes from like playing basketball or something. And I I kind of try to explain this to my kids. Like if it's wet, it goes into the laundry room. It doesn't go into the hamper. And then you pile other shit on because it's the stinkiest, stinkiest smell. Now, I don't know about you, but I had two experiences well, actually three experiences that I want to share. One is I have this innate ability to identify in my family who farts. Oh, I I have that in my family too. Yeah, they each have a unique smell and people think I'm crazy. And I'm like, no, 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 we call it a brand. Like that's not your brand. Yeah. (laughs) So I can identify and I'm like, and I scream at my kid. I'm like, ew. And they're like, how do you know it was me? I'm like, because I know know the smell of your your fart. I'm your mother. So that was the first thing. Yeah. I'm vomiting in my mouth right now, everyone. But yes, I think if you're a mom, I think that just comes along with the job. Probably. I feel better that I'm not alone in it. The second thing is, so my daughter just had orientation for high school. And school smell? Well, besides the school smell, which I will take over this smell any day of the week, she happens to be going into a high school that has a medical program. And they gave us a tour of the medical program, which is insanely amazing. I walked into the building. The stench of a doctor's office Mm. just was so overpowering that I looked at her and I was like, peace out. Thank God it is not me who is enrolling in this program because I wouldn't be able to handle being in the school at all. Well, guess what, Dr. Brooke? I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if your daughter lives in your house, she's going to come home with that on her her clothes and back to IE, what I just said, School smell is going to be that medical smell doctor office five days a week for the next four years. So good luck. Oh, I'm like so grossed out. I can't even think about it. And thank you for just putting that into my head because now I'm going to be miserable. The last smell that I... Okay, this is God's honest truth. And anybody who is listening to this, if they can help me out, I would be so grateful. There is a smell. Besides the fact that every time I go into a card store, I have to poop. Okay. So do I. Did we, have we ever talked about no, that? No, we've never talked I about that. I swear on all things I smell, okay? <laughs> that happens to me. Me Which too. actually, like, if I'm ever constipated, it's like, oh, well, let's go buy some cards. Yes, in college. That's what I used to <laughs> say. It. I'm like, I have to go to the card store. I have to yeah. go to the bathroom. Oh my God, Is that's that, crazy. I, yeah, I didn't know you, that was... Yes. Do you think that's like a universal thing? I think people have it related to other things. Like, I, I think I saw on Facebook the other day somebody on one of the Peloton pages said something about when they go into Target, they have to poop. Now, I don't have to poop when I go into Target, but I have to pee every time I go into Publix, which is our main shopping store here. Supermarket. Right. Super. Thank you. Supermarket. So there is a smell in the woman's bathroom at one of the Publix. I can't attest to all of them because I really predominantly shop only between two. And I think it's both of them that I know and I love The cleanser. No, no, it's the Uh, cleanser that they clean uh, it with. It must be. But I can't place. You can't put your finger on the scent. Yes, from my childhood, what that smell is. And 
every time I walk in there, I think I'm like a half of like you're closer. Like, I'm like I'm a half a millimeter closer. Oh my god! I gonna, why don't I meet you at the Publix one day and maybe I could try to help jog your memory. I'm I good would at stuff like that. I would love it because it bothers me because yeah. like, it's a smell that like I get it like, and I'm like right oh, there. Yes, it's it's literally right there and I can't get it. So I had to share those couple. So if there's anybody who knows what that smell is and can help me bring it back to my childhood, I would be forever indebted. All right. Well, to the listeners out there, definitely email us though, if you can help Dr. Boca with that. I thought you were going to say like, when I think of like a supermarket, like being a public, you know, shopping place and a bathroom, to me, that's like, hold it in, hold it in, hold it in, hold it in. <laughs> I get it. I, I will do anything in my power to not have to go to the bathroom there. But in the event that you just can't hold it, I thought you were going to say, because this is a notable smell in places like that. There's something about wet paper towel, yes, and not the, the white ones. The brown the ones. Brown the brown ones. ones. Yes, yes, That yes. have a distinct yes. smell that, again, listeners out there, I hope you're like, you're driving in the car and like nodding your head like, yep. oh my God, yes, I know what she's talking about because I can't figure out what is that. So that's kind of where I thought you were going with no, it. No, but it's so true what you are saying. It is so true. Now, I have a question to ask you. Okay, and then this, I have some smells I still want to bring up to you. Okay, that is fine. But we have a discrepancy in my family. My children love the smell of gasoline. I cannot stand it. It gives me a headache. What say you? I think it depends. I put that in the same category, dare I say, but we're unpolished here. I put it in the same category as cigarettes because oh, yeah. for the most part, I am 99.9999 times out of 10 completely repulsed by the smell of cigarettes. I can't even stand it. I used to smoke, so I feel like I'm allowed to complain about it because I'm an ex-smoker and we're the worst at it. But there's that 0.0001% time out of 10 where, again, it could be the movement of the wind and how it mm -hmm. carries over. It could be the proximity from where I am to where the scent is coming from. Who knows? Maybe I've had a couple drinks and that might play sure. into the degree of which I enjoy the smell or not. But that's a tricky one. The gasoline, it really depends. Sometimes I'm like, hmm, chemicals. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and other times I'm reminded back to thinking of Chernobyl. So I, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't always tickle my fancy. But that is a tricky one. I wasn't okay. going to bring up gasoline or whatnot. I thought you were going to maybe say like, what say you about a magic marker? <laughs> oh, know, well, it depends what kind like of magic that. marker because the permanent magic markers, I can't stand. However, the Mr. Sketch, the flavored ones, I could sit there and smell them all day really? and just enjoy myself. <laughs> I, I will smell them. I'll be like, oh, blueberry, oh, yeah. lemon. But the, the permanent ones, I can't stand. You? It depends. And I don't want to go off on a complete tangent, but this whole perimenopause thing really mm. rears its ugly head in the weirdest spots because even with, depending on like where my headspace is, like if I'm in the middle of a hot flash and you give me like a Sharpie to smell, not sure it's really going to turn me on, right? right? But if I'm chilling or whatever and you're like, here, snort this, <laughs> I may be like, oh, that's cool. Thanks. Mm. So I don't know. It's kind of, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to say yes. And Tuesday, Thursday, and every okay. other Saturday. Okay. Um, here's a smell, though, that we didn't cover. Okay. And this, to me, not only in my own home as it stands today as an adult with my own children, but it brings me back to different smells childhood-wise and 
specifically going in and out of other friends' houses currently and also as a child. Do you know what I'm going to say? Because it's a big one. I don't. Originally, I thought you were going to say a fireplace, but that's not one that we have to deal with on a regular basis. No. I'm going to say laundry detergent, clothes. Oh, yeah. And then when you go into someone else's home, the smell of their home. Yeah. And I have to tell you, and I might be treading on, on a little slippery slope here, but how many times have you gone into someone's house and like, you know, their house smell, which is part and parcel with like their laundry detergent that sort mm-hmm. of like seeps in with what they use on the floor with their cleaning supplies yeah. and their hand soaps and so on and so forth. But then there's some homes you go in and you're like, mm, laundry detergent <laughs> and soaps and floor shit. Are, are they not or, using? Or, 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 or are they not using? They're not using. And exactly. I am not comfortable in people's homes that don't smell fresh and clean and neat. I'm a little skeeved out by that, which brings me to another smell. And I'm probably going to get a lot of pushback on this. But to all the animal lovers out there, bravo if you're an animal lover. And I love you all for being the lovers of animal. I'm kind of not. And it's because of the smell factor. I always say like, well, how does the house smell? I want you to have a dog and I want you to have a house. But I don't want to know when I walk into your house that you have a dog. You you catch my drift on that? Absolutely. And I have a dog who actually is sitting right next to me as we are talking. And there are times that I'm like, ew, get the fuck away from me. You stink. And I can appreciate somebody walking into the house, but my house doesn't smell of dog. It doesn't. And if it does and you smell it, let me know because I can't stand that. I will. Well, you'll know because I'm going to be like, I know we had plans, but I left something (laughs) in the car and I got to go to Publix and wash my hands with the brown paper towels. And you'll tell me what that (laughs) smell is in the bathroom that I'm so desperately needing to know. Yes. Okay. And look, I grew up with the dog, but like you take them outside, it's raining or it was snowing and then you dry their paws and all that. But then they do that shake thing. And now like the The remnants of the wet is all over. And like now that all over is still in the house. And then what if that dog now goes up the stairs and it's in your bed and now it's on my shake? It's just the whole thing. It's just this like domino effect of smell that makes me nervous, frankly. And I just don't like it. And God forbid that dog should get close to you. And now their breath is disgusting. The whole thing and the smell. And if you're yummy and delicious and every single day you went to the groomer, bring it on. (laughs) But I don't know that that happens so often. No, I'm going to recommend, Rach, that you don't have a dog. I know. I feel bad because I'm working on that part of me that where I'm in this involvement of self where love others as you would like to be loved back and that (laughs) unconditional love. And they all say pets are the greatest thing ever and blah, blah, blah. And your furry little friends and so on and so forth. But back to smells, I just can't wrap my head or my nose, I should say, around that smell. And that outdoor smell brings me to what you were saying too, even about kids. When our babies are babies and they're little and they just smell Mm. like that perfect combination of baby powder with that hinge of sugar, right? That little tinge of just sweet deliciousness, mm, right? Perfection. That you just oh. want to eat them up and then mm, mm, all of a sudden yeah. you're talking like you're a little cartoon character because <laughs> you just can't get over how delicious they are and they're pokies and they're this and they're that and they're just delicious. And then all of a sudden they're not delicious because yep. they're playing outside and they smell like the park and the grass and the mildew and the sweat and the body odor and their fingers have to, and they're 
they're just disgusting. And then they come into your home and you just had the house cleaned. And now that scent is carrying through and it's like pig pen with the clap and like, oh, you want to kiss them and yeah. hug them and lick them. and mm, But you can't because they just reek of disgusting odor. It's like the, it's when you go to the gyms, like the kid gyms, the gymnastics places. Yeah, it smells like feet. Oh, it is gross. That is the first thing I say every time I walk in. I'm like, oh, the feet, it just stinks. That's what it kind of feels like when these kids turn into like preteens or they're outside for a long time. And I'll have like seven boys at my house and they'll be playing basketball for two hours. And then they think it's a really smart idea. What, to sit on your couch? Well, besides that, go into my... I'd rather them sit on my couch, even though it's it's kind of... sweaty and disgusting. I mean, not really. But when I tell you what they're going to do, you're going to say, oh, have them sit on the couch and then fumigate your couch. They go into my son's room and close the door. And there's seven kids with no shoes on, sitting all sweaty on all different... bed? uh, Like all over the chairs, the bed, the, the, you know, sitting on the counter. Oh, and I walk in there and I'm like, oh my God, what died in here? Like, you guys, you can't do that. Like, stay outside or jump in the pool or we have bathrooms, like rinse off deodorant. Any of you guys, do you do that? How about if you have to pick them up and now forget their closed room with the door shut? How about being in a car? Oh, no, I opt out. A bunch of a gaggle of kids that have all been playing basketball or football or or even girls for that matter if they're out at the pool or you pick them up at the beach or whatever the case may be and they just stink 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 totally and I have to tell you I and of all the podcasts we've done Rach I get from a lot of people oh I'm running and you'll say something and I'll be like talking to you because I can so relate I am telling you I would kill. To be on, well, not really to be on the run with somebody, but at least sitting next to somebody as they're listening to this podcast, because I am sure that almost all of these people are like nodding their head, having visceral reactions to whether it's positive or negative and are sitting there saying, God, yes, 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 and yes. So I have loved this conversation. I don't know if you have any more smells you want to put out Here's a question. And I'm going to, we might as well come full circle as we round out and take advantage of your therapy hat. And I'll, again, just say to the listeners, we're having so much fun here on the corner of audacity and advice. It's not real therapy. We haven't even asked any questions of advice to Dr. Boca, except I'm going to do it in a second. But had this been a therapy sesh, we want to protect Dr. Boca's license. So we're really just kicking the can down the street. And here's my question to you in the spirit of smells, the good ones, the bad ones, the ones that jog our memories, the ones that bring us back to when we're kids or when we're older or when we're doing naughty things or when we're doing amazing (laughs) things and so on and so forth. What do you do, Dr. Boga? We we can't have a conversation and and a whole episode on smells without talking about breath, okay? Oh, yeah. You know, I always say, if I know what someone's breath smells like they're way too close to me okay mm-hmm. and, and again i'm not talking about like your your spouse your, you know your kids sure. for that matter. but you know I, I have certain friends let's say and this isn't you know a seinfeld episode where like someone's just like invading your space and they're a close talker i just mm-hmm. mean like if they have like this perpetual like halitosis situation yep. happening and you know it, it's not that they're always eating garlic or they're always drinking alcohol or they're always drinking too much coffee or the dreaded tuna fish sandwich. Oh, but like yes. those are like the four killers, right? Yes. Like 
what do you do? Does it make you a bad friend or a good friend to say something, to not say something? Do you offer them, or am I just constantly like, hey, would you like a mint? I would want someone to tell me that I need a mint if I've overdone it in one arena. But we can't be unpolished and have an episode about smells and not talk about people who have bad breath. What do we do? It's such a touchy topic. I always... I always come from the mindset of what would I want and what would I hope that people would do for me. Mm -hmm. That being said, I also think it's a matter of what is your relationship with this person? Is this person somebody who you know could handle that kind of feedback and would appreciate that kind of feedback and you have a relationship where they would tell you if you had something stuck in your teeth? Or, you know, they would be honest with you. Or do you have the friend who you're not that close with or you are that close with, but they always kind of don't tell you those types of things or are not receptive to feedback. Isn't that like, it's just off. Like I would rather someone say to me, oh, Silver, fucking stink. Yes. Were, you, were you at the gym today or how? Like, what did you do? Rather than like, oh, your breath is bad. Like that to me is like so awful. It's like you have bad breath. And I feel like, you know, that's something that it's such an easy fix. Like have mints with you, brush your teeth, floss. Look, I'm the daughter of a dentist. I hope that that's not an issue in my world. But I'm just going to put it out there. Guys and gals, If you eat a lot of garlic, if you drink a lot of alcohol, if you drink coffee incessantly, and God, if you like tuna fish, brush your goddamn teeth, right? Use some Listerine. There are so many. Yes, there are so many things that you can do these days, right? They've like made them so travel, travel friendly. Friendly. So yeah, that look, I empathize with people who truly, truly, truly have some medical condition that contributes to having... But do they know? (laughs) You know, would they know they have a medical condition? I mean, you know, a lot of medications have side effects of dry mouth. But again, you know you have dry mouth. So bring mints with you, right? But I'm sure there is, you could ask your father that there probably is some medical conditions where halitosis, like sometimes when you're going through like cancer treatments and you're getting interferon, I know people who have gone through that where there is a really bad breath that comes with that. But again, talk to people. There are some people who might not be aware. And what I value in my friendships are the people that can tell me these types of things. I can't stand when I'm with a good friend and I get home and I see that there's something in my teeth and they didn't say right. something, right? I like that bothers me. And so I don't know if I would say brush your fucking teeth, but I might say to them, you know, hey, would you like a mint? And start right. off there. And, and how how great is it when they're like, no, 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 I'm good. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> have a mint. Have the fucking mint. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, no. I'm good. Um, I said, have the goddamn mint. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I have to. Well, and it's funny because I've gotten to the place where someone hands it to me and I don't really want one. And I'll be like, are oh you God, ask- do I need one? Right. Are, are you asking me because you're offering because you're being kind or do I really like, are you trying to tell me something? And Which it- I love that. I feel like that interaction is like, look, like, oh my God, thank you. Right. Yes. Bring it on. As a matter of fact, I'll have three. Thanks. Right. Look, it's a sensitive topic. It, it yeah. is. Um, but I, I do think that helping people in a kinder way and starting that way by giving them a mint or offering them a mint. And if they don't, they may not know. And having a candid conversation if you have a relationship with them that is close or if you have a friend of theirs who's closer than you are, you can always check in with that person and be like, hey, you know, I have to ask you this question and I'm not trying to be rude or disrespectful, but I was with so-and-so. And have you noticed that their breath is stinking? Are they aware of it? And if not, do you think that we should maybe say something? Oh my um, God. I mean, we're unpolished, but I can't even imagine like having that. Like we're having a breath intervention. <laughs> I will tell you an intervention. It's not really an intervention, but something that I just couldn't keep my mouth shut on. I know someone in town 
who basically, I guess, like owns stock in Angel Perfume, okay? Mm -hmm. And you either love it or you hate it because that is a distinct, like really one of those sweet, sweet, sweet smells. Mm -hmm. But I guess she bathes in Angel. And you can smell her from a mile away. And it literally gives me a headache. Like I get dizzy, Mm -hmm. I get nauseous. And it's like, it's such a turnoff. I can't even be around that person because I just can't cope with that intense smell to that degree all the time. And like, don't they know? And again, we started this by saying like, I love having a signature smell. And I love when I know like, oh, that smells like so-and-so or this one or that one. And it's a smell that, you know, someone's worn forever. Uh, Remember the days, here's one, the way back, the grandmother generation of like Jeanette or (laughs) um, Shalimar, right? And I love being able to recall that. But when someone wears such a heavy scent, all the time for every occasion to the gym, to the supermarket, to a funeral, to a wedding, to a this, to a that. They're literally glopped on in the perfume. And it's just, it's nauseating. Someone needs to write that person a memo. Yeah. And look, people do it. People ask me all the time, are they aware of it? And I'm like, first of all, you don't always smell yourself the same way that somebody else smells you. And the other thing is, look, people leave their house looking like I would never look, right? And I always say it. Do they look at themselves in the mirror? Are they aware? You know, and I wonder if it's the same thing with perfume. Here's an interesting thing. When my daughter washes her hair, I can smell it through the whole house. And I love the smell of it. Yeah, shampoo. I love that. Shampoo. I, when I wash my hair, you can't always, I can't smell it. And I've always died to have the smell where I could smell it. And my daughter will say, oh, mom, your hair smells so good. And I'm like, oh, because I don't smell it at all on me. I resonate with that. I I know exactly what you're talking about. You can smell others from a mile away, but you can't smell your own. Exactly. So I'm not really sure if that person actually does know how much of the angel they're using. And also, on some people, one perfume smells one way and on others, another. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, your body chemistry plays a big role. And that's why when people do say to me, oh my God, you smell so good. What are you wearing? Regardless of the fact that I have a whole concoction of like a whole chemistry set happening in my bathroom (laughs) that I mix and match and, you know, so on and so forth. And it's not a secret. I mean, I do share what I wear, Mm -hmm. but I always say it doesn't smell the same on everyone. It really is your body chemistry. So I know that we're getting long-winded here, but I do have one more thing. And I'm going to leave this open-ended and ask our audience members, and maybe we can actually put it on social media if we could figure out a very unpolished yet socially acceptable way to phrase this. But have you ever been with a partner whose smell after a night out and you guys are going to get hot and heavy and they remove their clothes and it's like sweaty balls. Or I guess guys would relate it to maybe a fishy vagina or something. But the conversation of, oh, I'm having a visceral reaction as I'm trying to get this done. I mean, my answer would be like, no, because that would be such a turnoff to me. Again, not dissimilar, although maybe similar to when you're really into someone, whatever that smell is, as disgusting as it is, you're turned on by it. But Mm -hmm. the idea of like sweaty balls, gross, but mixed with like the sweaty cologne and probably like the garlic and like the pasta that they had at dinner and the four drinks, like that whole combination together is just so nauseating. Yeah, it wouldn't be somebody that I could get past one episode with. But, you know, sometimes you don't get to see the goods until after two or three dates. You know, back in the day, maybe there was, you know, I was like trying to be all 
proper for a hot second. Yeah, like that's a deal breaker. Deal Smells breaker. are so important. I would be like, you know what? Smell you later, alligator. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm just curious what our listeners, if they've ever had that experience and if it's somebody that they're in a relationship with, you know, sometimes when you change your diet or mm-hmm. you get, you change your medication or something, something that was very sensual and appealing becomes a turnoff. And what is that conversation like? You know, you think bad breath with a friend might be bad, but could you imagine having that with somebody that you care very deeply about and love and are supposed to be intimate with? So fortunately, I have not gotten there, but... I can only imagine what that must be like. So I put that out to our listeners. Yeah, let's put that out to the listeners. Come on, listeners, answer up. Pony up, let us know. Email us, unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at unpolishedtherapy. If you don't want to put it out there on our page, send us a direct message and we'll look at it privately and we can always giggle about it in secret. But it is a fun topic. Think about the smells that turn you on, the smells that turn you off, the smells that remind you of yesterday. The the smells that you hope remind you of today and tomorrow and the future, they bring us back, they bring us forward and they're delicious and they're disgusting and they're polished and they're unpolished and they're whatever we want them to be. This has been such a fun conversation, Dr. Boca. Thank you for, I guess, smelling down memory lane with me. (laughs) It was awesome. It was fun hanging out on the corner of Audacity and Advice where we have smelled the roses. We've smelled the noses, right? Also, and I guess we will smell you all later. Alligators, have a wonderful week, everyone. This has been Dr. Boca and Rachel Silver Cohen for Unpolished Therapy. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage.